and welcome to Keep the Bastards Honest, the podcast of the Australian Democrats. I'm your host, Alana Mitchell, and on this episode, we're answering two questions. Just what is our constitution and why do we need to enshrine an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice in it? One of the interesting stats that's come out of the current referendum polling is that a surprisingly large number of Australians didn't even know we have a constitution, never mind what it is and why it's important. If you're one of those Australians, or you're not sure what the deal is with the constitution, that's okay. As I covered in our referendum explainer, it's been quite a while since we had to look at amending the constitution, so if your civics education has been lacking, that's not your fault. But we're here to plug the gaps in your knowledge. This episode was written by me and friend of the pod, Leonie Green, and recorded on Wadjuk country, which is the lands of the Noongar people. I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. Sovereignty never ceded. A constitution is the set of rules by which a country or a state is governed. While a parliament and a government can implement laws to govern our citizens, the constitution of a country governs the lawmakers. In a democracy, not even the government has absolute power. Governments are constrained by the rules outlined in the constitution. If a government tries to implement a law or a change to the structure of the government that falls outside of the rules laid out in the constitution, then the High Court has the power to strike down the change as being unconstitutional. The only way to get around this is to change the constitution. Some countries have what are called unwritten constitutions. This means that there's no formal document outlining their constitution. Instead, their constitution rules comes from a range of sources. Britain, for example, does not have a written constitution. Their constitutional rules are sourced from a number of laws as well as principles determined in legal cases and conventions. Other countries have formal written constitutions, where the rules and principles by which the country will be governed are laid out in a single document. Australia and the United States are countries with formal written constitutions. As I mentioned in the episode, Who Are We to Judge Our Ancestors? with Jason Lambright, it's quite possible that you're more familiar with the constitution of the United States than you are of Australia. And again, that's okay. The important thing to understand is that Australia's constitution is very different from the constitution of the United States, and we can't compare the two documents. Some constitutions can be amended or changed without having to follow any special processes, but Australia's constitution is not one of those. In order to change Australia's constitution, a referendum must be held, and the Australian public must be consulted on the proposed change. I covered this in detail in our explainer episode on referendums. So what is our constitution and why is it important? You probably remember from high school history that Australia was first settled, and I use that term advisedly, invaded is more accurate, in what became Sydney and New South Wales. Over time, colonies were established in what became Victoria, Queensland, South Australia, Tasmania and Western Australia. The Swan River Colony in Western Australia was established in part to stop the French from moving in, the British learning from their colonisation of Canada. At this stage, Australia as a country didn't exist. 
Instead, we had six independent colonies scattered across the continent. You've probably heard of Federation, which took place in 1901. That's when those six colonies agreed to federate as a single nation. Of course, 1901 was when all the paperwork got signed off and it became official. But there was years of work leading up to Federation to ensure it all came together on the day. Part of the paperwork of the Federation was a constitution. Australia's constitution is effectively the written rule book for the Federation of the Australian States formed by the colonies I was just talking about. They all negotiated on what they saw may benefit them by coming together as one nation. A big part of the negotiations was working out the separation of powers between the states and the federal government. It makes sense for the federal government to control certain things, since it benefits the country as a whole to have one set of rules for some issues, and it makes sense for the individual states to control other things. The power of the federal parliament is limited to what the constitution says it can legislate on, such as postal, telegraphic, telephonic, and other like services, like the internet, invalid and old age pensions, quarantine, customs duties and excises, weights and measures, and marriage, among other things. The constitution also outlines the structure and powers of the federal parliament, such as the legislative and lawmaking powers of the parliament, the composition of the Senate and the House of Representatives, and how representatives are elected to each of these Houses of Parliament, and their eligibility. You might remember in 2017, a slew of senators and MPs were disqualified from sitting in Parliament under Section 44 of the Constitution, because they unwittingly held citizenship, or were eligible to be citizens, of other nations. This included the then Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce, who was disqualified when he discovered his father was a New Zealand citizen. Section 44 of the Constitution details eligibility to sit in Parliament, and one of the criteria is that members of Parliament must not owe allegiance to any foreign power, which the High Court interpreted to mean holding citizenship of any country other than Australia, including in conjunction with Australian citizenship. So you can't be a dual citizen. All the affected members of parliament had to quit parliament, renounce their non-Australian citizenship, and then, in the case of the members of the House of Representatives, recontest their seats in a by-election. 2017 was a busy year. The constitution also details the frequency of federal elections. At the moment, they're required to be held every three years. The role and powers of the Governor-General, how ministers are appointed, the establishment of and appointments to the High Court of Australia, and the relationship between the federal government and the states is all outlined in the Constitution. Curiously, some of the central features of Australia's systems of government are not set down in the Constitution, but are based on custom and convention. These include the position of Prime Minister and the group of senior ministers called the Cabinet. Even central elements of our democracy, like political parties, are not covered in the Constitution. So our Constitution is a historical document in that it needs to be understood within the context it was written in the 1890s. It was written by those representing the then colonies, a time where terra nullius was still very much considered the legal basis upon which the colonies were established. And I'll get to terra nullius later on. 
three of the writers of our constitution were born in the United Kingdom. The others, while born in Australia, were alike in that they were all men and all of European descent. They were the future Prime Ministers, High Court Justices, and Governors General of Australia, leaders of the colonies at the time, and future leaders of the structures that they were establishing. The voices represented during the negotiation of our constitution were the voices of these European men, and Australian men of European descent. It was the British Parliament that passed our constitution into law in 1900 and paved the way for us to become a self-governing nation, but with strong links to and oversight by the United Kingdom. The writers of our constitution looked for lessons from the United States, Canada and the United Kingdom to develop a system of governance that limited the power of the federal parliament with the states retaining power for anything not specifically listed in the constitution. The colonies negotiated carefully and fiercely at times for what mattered to them and what they could see would be helpful for the federal government to legislate on and oversee versus what the colonies wanted to retain as states' rights and responsibilities. And by design, they made it exceedingly difficult to change this constitution. Like I said in our referendum explainer, we can't change the constitution on a whim. So that's the background on the constitution, who wrote it, why it was written, and what its authors were trying to achieve. And now I have to lay some heavy truths on you. Our constitution as it was originally written, is a racist document, and it divided the country on race. There's no gentler way to say it. It was written at a time when racism wasn't just accepted, wasn't just mainstream. Our society as a whole was openly and unapologetically bigoted against everyone who wasn't a white man, preferably of English descent. This was a time when Irish people were considered to be a lesser race. So you can imagine how our society treated people who were considered less than human than the Irish. And if you want a glimpse of that, make sure you listen to my episode with Jason Lambright and what it was like to be Native American at this point in history. One of the first things our constitution allowed our newly formed federal government to implement was the White Australia policy. This is a catch-all term for a set of racist policies enacted by Australia in 1901 to restrict immigration of non-white people to Australia in order to ensure that Australia remained an Anglo-Celtic country. And it wasn't just the Chinese or Pacific Islanders whose immigration was restricted under these policies. Germans, Italians, and people from the wrong kind of European countries also had their immigration restricted. And if you think that this is some sort of historical anachronism, the White Australia policy wasn't fully dismantled until 1973. That's four years before I was born. So you can probably imagine what our founding fathers, who wrote the constitution, who would go on to be prime ministers, high court justices and governors general of Australia, thought of the First Nations people of this country and how they treated them. As I've said in a previous episode, our constitution was written on the assumption that the Indigenous people of this land were going to die out, and it was written at a time when the great lie of Terra Nullius was in full effect. 
Terra nullius is a Latin term that means land belonging to no one and which legally was interpreted as a complete absence of people. And crucially, the absence of civilised people who were capable of owning land. You can't invade a country and steal it from its inhabitants if they weren't civilised enough to own it in the first place. That's the lie that our country was founded on and the lie our constitution was written to uphold. It's also the lie upon which the structures and institutions of our government were established. When we talk about structural racism, this is what we mean. Our institutions were created under a racist document by racist men at a time when racism was absolutely the norm and non-white people were considered, at best, to be lesser human beings, second-class citizens. That's if they were considered citizens at all. Until 1967, the Constitution gave the Federal Parliament the power to make laws with respect to, and I quote, the people of any race other than the Aboriginal race in any state for whom it is deemed necessary to make special laws. Due to the results of the 1967 referendum, the words other than the Aboriginal race in any state were removed, enabling the Federal Parliament to make laws relating to Aboriginal people for the first time. We often hear about the referendum of 1967, which was the most successful referendum we've seen, with 91% of voters voting yes and all states voting yes. They were not voting yes to Aboriginal people getting the vote, as is still commonly understood. They were voting to remove a reference in the Constitution that prevented the Federal Parliament from making laws in relation to Aboriginal people and removing a reference to not counting Aboriginal Australians when determining the population of Australia. And what all that means is that prior to 1967, Aboriginal Australians weren't considered part of our population and we couldn't make laws on their behalf. So we couldn't make laws stopping people from discriminating against them or giving them any kind of protection or rights under the law because legally they weren't considered to be Australian and there's an argument that they weren't considered to even be legally human. So that's why back in the 1890s, when the Constitution was written by a bunch of white men trying to establish an Anglo-Celtic utopia for other white men like them, First Nations people didn't get a look in. They were deliberately excluded, not just from being consulted about the Constitution as it was being written, they were deliberately excluded from the Constitution itself. So 120 years after First Nations people were deliberately excluded from the Constitution, we have an opportunity to fix the Constitution and include them in it. And again, this shouldn't be a big thing. We had three referendums in the first nine years after Federation to make changes to a constitution that was less than a decade old. Why? Because it wasn't perfect. It needed a few adjustments to ensure that the constitution could actually work with the lived reality of being a country. And of those three referendums, two of them passed, and we changed the constitution. We adjusted the Constitution again in 1967 to ensure that we could make laws for Aboriginal people, because that was a pretty big oversight. And in 2023, we can adjust it again to finally recognise the first peoples of this country in the Constitution 
and give them a mechanism to be consulted about the laws that affect them. The reason why it's important to protect an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice to Parliament in the Constitution is to ensure that governments can't dismantle it when it becomes inconvenient to them. Because every other representative body that we have established for First Nations people in this country have been abolished by successive governments. So this is about ensuring that the Australian Parliament is accountable. Because who governs the governors? The Constitution does. The voice to Parliament will simply make a constitutional requirement for the Australian Federal Parliament to consult with First Nations representatives when trying to make laws that will impact them. The best analogy I've seen is around student representative councils and schools and universities, where each class picks a student to represent them. They don't run the school. They offer advice from the perspective of the students. They offer ideas from the perspective of the students. And that's all the voice to parliament will be. As voters, we have a very important role to play in saying yes or no to any change to our constitution. It's a vote and a right we should take seriously. On this occasion, it's an important opportunity to set the record straight and rewrite a component of our constitution that those European white men got wrong. We can't change history, but we can correct its mistakes. And this is one mistake that is a long overdue fix. Together, when we vote yes, we move our nation forward rather than continuing to pretend we had the right to create a nation on someone else's land. So vote yes. History is calling. Keep the Bastards Honest is brought to you by the Australian Democrats. This episode was edited and produced by me, Alana Mitchell. If you'd like to keep in touch, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Spoutable and Threads by searching for Australian Democrats and you can see what we stand for, what we value and what our policy positions are at our website at democrats.org.au. Until next time, thanks for listening.